How did they find us? Aurelia asks, staring up at the Iron Hawk battle fleet hanging in the sky above them. Emmerich shrugs. Does it matter? They're here now. Grimacing, Aurelia turns back to the floating quartz orb that has been following them out of the ruins. Bastion, is there anything you can do to help? I believe I can create a distraction, the Ascendancy AI says, but my station's power reserves are too low to defeat such a force. Do what you can, she replies. Let's get back to the folly and get out of here. Together, they run toward the small ship, as the air around them begins to whine. From recesses in the ground, sleek ascendancy drones dart into the sky, racing toward the Ironhawk fleet. Already, Ironhawk fighters descend to meet them, and the light show that commences is wondrous. Aurelia and Emmerich have little time to admire it, though, as they board the Hadrian's Folly and begin priming the ship for launch. As Aurelia settles into the pilot seat, Bastion's sphere floats beside her. How are they doing, she asks, sparing a glance at the battle above. They have not fought in a long time, and those Ironhawk ships are well equipped. What I wouldn't give for a Galchris wing to cover our exit, she mutters. But I left the only one I know of on Rampart. The folly will have to do. The Hadrian's folly rises from the rocky terrain and jets toward the sky. As a wing of Ironhawk fighters close in pursuit, Aurelia says, Emric, you better take the guns. We're going to have to fight our way free. Welcome back for episode 22 of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. A couple notes for this episode. First, if you haven't already backed the Ironsworn Starforged Kickstarter, Go do it now! It's live and already funded. Plus, you can download a gorgeous preview of the game. Also, I'm trying out some background music and sound effects from Sirenscape. Let me know what you think. Now, on this week's episode, Lucius tries to fix all the things that are broken, but the Iron Hawks are always just one jump away. Will he have time to do everything that needs to be done before they arrive? Find out on episode 22 blood on your hands. Lucia sees his aunt's body being held in the arms of this stranger that he does not know, and he can see that she has been severely wounded. As Emric kind of stumbles forward with her, he says... Come here, follow, follow me, follow me to the ship. And turns and helps Emmerich and his unconscious aunt towards the Reclaimer. I think in his mind, his concept is that the Reclaimer has some advanced medical supplies and um, perhaps with the assistance of Adelie and her connection with the AIs that she should be able to operate the machines. Lucius has some sort of field medic experience as well. He's going to lead Emmerich into the Reclaimer, into the med bay, and is going to attempt to save his aunt's life. Lucius has gotten quite accustomed to this, having uh, done enough of this over the last few weeks. 
to become comfortable with the medical supplies and uh, these sort of life and death situations. So he is going to attempt to heal, and he is going to provide care, which means he's going to roll plus wits, and he is going to call on Adelie to assist him, hoping that her connection with the Ascendancy AIs, that they will be able to help her know what systems to use to save Aurelia's life. So we're rolling plus wits with plus three. We're rolling with assistance from Adelie at plus two. So it's plus five to this roll. We've got a nine on the action die, and we've got a five and a seven on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So the care is helpful. Lucius pushes Emmerich back as he works on his aunt. The medical bay inside the reclaimer begins producing these small drones that are circling around and are helping him repair and cauterize the wounds that are all over her body. It looks as though she was maybe hit by shrapnel from an exploding console, um, maybe was burned by some plasma burns, and they are working over her for a good while while Emmerich stands back. He himself is also very injured, but is not in uh, grave peril of dying. So Lucius and Adelie just ignore him while they spend this time treating Aurelia Tarquin. They are able to help her survive and stabilize her and get her to a place where she can begin to recover. At that point, Lucius is going to turn to Emmerich and be like, who are you? And why were you aboard my ship? And Emmerich, who, again, is still fairly injured, looks at them and goes, you must be the nephew. Aurelia talked about you. The name's Emmerich Ryder. We were on a mission together, and we ran into an Ironhawk battle fleet. We were able to escape and make it over here but uh, not before she took some injuries. We both took a few injuries, in fact. And he's going to slump back uh, against the wall. You got any of that healing for me, friend? And Lucius says, oh, Of course, uh, please sit down. And he is going to spend some time administering to Emric. I don't think that requires a role because it's not life and death in the same way as it was for Aurelia. But during this time where Lucius is now focused on treating Emmerich's injuries, he's going to say, what do you mean you ran into an Ironhawk battle fleet? Where were you? Emmerich looks over at Aurelia's unconscious form and says, I think she'd want to tell you herself. Suffice it to say, we were looking for something to help in your fight against the Ironhawks, and we found it, but uh, the Ironhawks found us first. And while we were trying to escape, well, the Foley took some hits, and we were barely able to make it out of there alive. Lucius says, what did you find? What did, what was it that you were looking for? And again, Emmerich says, I was there to help your aunt. I did that, and now I'm going to rest a little bit, and then I'm going to go back to my life, which was less complicated, and didn't involve fighting off a bunch of Ironhawks. And Lucius 
senses that there's more that Emmerich is not saying, but is not going to push the issue at the moment. And he says, very well, that's all right. Go ahead and rest. And I'm sure that once my aunt wakes, we'll figure out everything. The next few hours pass. Lucius, I think, goes out and talks to some of the Lodestar personnel. A report is sent up to Nishana, and I think she actually comes down to the docking bay and spends some time sitting by Aurelia's side. While Nishana is sitting by Aurelia's bedside, Lucius is going to go over to the Hadrian's Folly and investigate the the damage to that ship because it is still his first ship. Obviously, the Reclaimer has become his ship of recent days, but he certainly has some affection still for the Hadrian's Folly. So he's going to go over and he's going to look it over and I'm going to ask the Oracle to see how damaged it is. So I think the question here is, is the ship repairable? And I think that is likely. So that'll be 26 or greater. So that's 72. So yes, the ship is repairable. Let's see, is the ship so damaged that it's going to take a while to repair? I think that's 50-50. 46, no. Okay, so it is, it is damaged but it is not so heavily damaged that the repairs cannot be affected relatively quickly. So Lucius is going to spend time while he's waiting for his aunt to wake up repairing the Hadrian's Folly. And to do that, he's going to roll plus wits because he's doing it all by himself. Uh, And I think this is almost a meditative thing for him. After last episode and the interaction that that he had with Nishana and Commander Caspian about this artifact and now with his aunt returning and being injured and all of this chaos that is going on, especially as it now feels as though the Ironhawks are closing in and stay tuned. We'll get back to that in a second. Lucius takes some time alone and is basically throwing himself into repairing the Hadrian's Folly because it feels like that is the thing that he can control right now. So he is going to roll plus wits on this repair. Let's see how well he does. It's going to be four on the action die, a three and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we're at a facility on a weak hit that's three points I think because the Hadrian's Folly currently doesn't have any mechanical damage to it because Lucius is not the one who's been flying it, I think three points is enough for him to patch the like serious damage. There's probably some superficial damage that needs to be worked on, but he is able to make the Hadrian's Folly able to fly again. And having done that, is Aurelia awake when he finishes with that? I'm going to say it's 50-50. 47. No, she is still comatose. He returns to the Reclaimer, and she is still out. I think Nishana is still sitting by her bedside. And for a moment, Lucius gets to see a different side of Clan Leader Aerith. As I think she's sitting there by Aurelia's bedside, 
and is reading from some old text and is just reading to her as a way to offer comfort both to herself and also to Aurelia. So that being said, Lucius is now going to spend some time working on the Reclaimer because the Reclaimer is down to two integrity. And so he is going to take some time to repair the Reclaimer. And I think he is going to ask Adelie to assist him in this because it is an ascendancy ship. It's not like the Aegis was a ship that used ascendancy technology that Aurelia kind of cobbled together. It is an ascendancy starship. And so she, Adelie that is, has a connection with Query and with Warden, and so probably has a better understanding of how an ascendancy ship functions, and so will be able to answer questions for Lucius while he is repairing this particular ship. So he's going to do wits, which is plus three, plus two for her assistance. It's going to be a six on the action die, a three and a nine on the challenge dice for another weak hit. So again, we are in a facility. We've got a weak hit, which is three points. And so each point can be used to regain an integrity. So with three points, we can go ahead and take the Reclaimer back up to full integrity. It is completely repaired, and Lucius and Adelie, I think, spend a fair amount of time working on that and probably talking over the situations that they've undergone over the course of this last few weeks and just taking time to interact with each other in a more peaceful environment. Now, once they're finished with that, does Aurelia wake up? Again, I'm going to say it's 50-50. 41. She is still unconscious. Now, here is the other question that is weighing on my mind, because we know, Lucius doesn't know this, but we know that High Talon Idebren has a way to track Lucius throughout time and space. And I think it is likely that the High Talon has traced them at this point, because it's been now, let's say, two days of Lucius being on board the Lodestar ship. And I think it's possible that they've been found. 20. So, no, they've not been found yet. Okay, so that means that Lucius and the Lodestar fleet have some more time before the coming confrontation with the Ironhawks. And we know that that confrontation is coming. So Lucius is going to take a little bit of time to sojourn again with the community of Lodestar. So we are going to go ahead and roll plus heart, which is plus two. We've got a six on the action die, and we've got a five and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So on a strong hit is a safe refuge, and Lucius can choose two recover moves, which is great. His supply and his health are at three. His spirit is at four. I'm going to go ahead and choose to heal, and this is going to be an automatic strong hit. So with the strong hit on heal, he is going to gain three health, 
uh, which he can only gain two, but that will take him back up to full. And then with his resupply, he is going to gain two supply and is going to go back up to full. So he's now sitting at five health, four spirit, five supply. He has this extreme vow to find the Ascendancy artifact and stop the Iron Hawks from gaining control of it and causing another cataclysm. He's not really started on that yet because I think we are waiting for Aurelia to awaken. And I think now another two days have passed while Lucius has finished these repairs on both ships. He has spent time with the community on Lodestar, with Mila, with Adelie, and... He is, I think, also spent a little bit of time with Nishana, and I want to go ahead and take a couple looks at our connection relationships, because I think there's an opportunity to test your relationship. So when your relationship with a connection is tested through conflict, betrayal, or circumstance, roll plus heart. So I think the connection with Nishana has been tested because of the conflict that they had before, but then also the fact that now they're both sort of waiting for Aurelia to recover, and there is this shared concern and worry over this person that they both care for. So we're going to go ahead and roll plus heart. We've got eight on the action die, a seven and a nine on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So this test has strengthened the relationship, so it is going to develop the relationship and mark one box of progress on Nishana's track. But because it was a weak hit, maintaining the relationship comes with a demand or complication. And I think that they both are talking around the idea that eventually they're going to have to finish that disagreement And when they do, it's very possible that Aurelia is going to side with one of them. So there is this underlying tension between them as they're waiting for that moment to come. I think spending the time with Lieutenant Mila after they had this interaction before coming out of the meeting with Clan Leader Aerith and Mila, I think, feels a sense of duty towards Lodestar and the Clan Leader and is more willing to do what is necessary in order to make sure that Lodestar survives. But I think they also are smart enough to understand that what Lucius was saying about utilizing this artifact, it is dangerous. And so there is this continued like underlying tension there. So we're going to go ahead and test the relationship between Mila and Lucius. Again, plus heart. It's an 8 on the action die, a 7 and a 2 on the challenge dice, so we can mark two boxes of progress on the Mila track, as I think because Lucia sojourned with them, there is this shared bond that they've developed over the course of their journeys, and then also now with this moment of understanding that they all want to try and do the best thing for Lodestar and for the Forge, for humanity, and even if they disagree with each other on what that is, they can get through this time. Now, I'm not going to test the bond with Adelie because Lucius already has a bond with Adelie, so I think there's going to need to be more to it 
in order to test that particular relationship because I think Adelie is fully on Lucius's side and there is no measure of disagreement between them on what needs to be done going forward. So we're now, I think, about six days out from when Lucius returned to the fleet and when Aunt Aurelia and Emmerich Ryder showed up. Emmerich is healed and is ready to go, but I think Clan Leader Aerith basically told him that he could not leave until Aurelia is back. And so I wonder if Lucius would try to spend some time with Emmerich to get a sense of what his aunt was doing. Because I think Emmerich continues to try and brush it off as, that's not really my place to talk about it. You really should ask your aunt when she wakes up. I was just along for the ride, just doing her a favor. And Lucius wants to figure out more about that. So he is going to attempt to, I think, make a connection while they're interacting with each other. And it's going to be plus heart. So plus two. Four on the action die, seven and eight on the challenge dice is a miss. So you do not make a connection with them. So I think Emmerich just becomes, he's like, look here, kid. I don't want anything to do with your war against the Ironhawks. I've had my fill of the Ironhawks in my day. And I really don't need to, to do any more here. I did what I came to do. I helped your aunt out. That was our agreement. As soon as she's awake, I will leave here. And we'll never talk about this again. And I think Lucius also detects a certain amount of coldness between Nishana Aerith and Emmerich. And so he is going to do a little bit of digging on Emmerich Ryder and is going to roll uh, Gather Information, which is plus wits. Five on the action die, a five and a seven on the challenge dice. Not only does he not find anything on Emmerich Ryder, but I think at some point Commander Caspian comes to his quarters and says, Lucius, I can see that you've been doing some research into our guest, Mr. Ryder. I suggest you cease immediately. You don't want to know anything about Mr. Ryder. Trust me. And Lucius has to give up on it. And he's like, all right, whatever. I guess I'll just ask my aunt when she wakes up. I think at this point, it's time for another asking the Oracle whether or not High Talon Idabren has found Lucius. I think this time it's likely because as time goes on, it's going to get more and more certain that the seer is going to be able to locate Lucius's position. And I I think it's uh, questionable as to whether or not Lucius is the object of the seer's vision or if it's Adelie. But for this case, it doesn't really matter because they're in the same place. So we're going to go and say it's likely. 26 or greater. 71. Yes. The high talon Idabrin has found Lucius. But we don't know what that means yet. So I'm also going to roll. I think it's likely that Aunt Aurelia has woken up by this time as well. 82. Yeah, absolutely. So she is back awake. And Lucius enters the Reclaimer's Med Bay where she is lying quietly. Her eyes are open and, and she's reading on a screen. 
And when Lucius enters, she looks up and sees him and smiles a little bit. And she says, Lucius, it's good to see you. I'm glad you made it here safely. To which Lucius says, Aunt I'm glad you made it here safely. You were in pretty bad shape when you arrived. If it wasn't for Mr. Ryder, I don't think you would have survived to get here. And she says, I'm sure he's going to take great joy in knowing that fact. I suppose my favor has been paid. And she says, tell me, Lucius, how are you? And Lucius looks at her and says, well, things have been strange, Aunt Aurelia. I met Oracle in the Ascendancy graveyard that Adelie and I went and investigated. He was their chief AI. He was the great brain behind their flagship, behind their fleet. And he knows so much, and I don't know yet whether or not he can really be trusted, whether or not he's actually trying to help us. But is it true what he told me about you, that you came out here searching for this artifact? You and Clan Leader Aerith, you started Lodestar as a way to try and fight against the Ironhawks? And Aurelia says, haven't you wondered why so many of the Lodestar officers are former Ironhawks? Lucia said, I just figured they followed Nishana when she defected. Aurelius sits up a little bit and winces and says, Nishana didn't defect. She was exiled because she dared to speak out against this plan. Because she tried to convince the others in the Ironhawk command that it was a fool's errand. But the Idabrins would not have any of it. They are determined to win. They're determined to increase their power, and we have to stop them. I tried to stop them, but I was also betrayed. Our clan had trade negotiations with the Eiderbrens that were in a delicate place, and your father decided that it was not worth risking our economic well-being in order to question the Ironhawk pursuit of an artifact which he never believed they would actually find. I tried to convince your mother, but she took his side, as she always does. And so I came out here. Lucius takes this in and says, I don't understand. Why are the Ironhawks looking for this artifact? Like, I understand people wanting power, and I understand people seeking technology to advance their power. We have all done that. That is what the basis of our society is built on. And Aurelia interrupts him and says, And that's the problem, Lucius. The Founder Clans, the way that we came out of the Exodus, it isn't what's best for humanity. It has created a stratification of society where you and I, we have gained so much on the backs of others who have lost so much. And that's not right. And besides the fact that the Eidebrens and the Ironhawks searching for this artifact could very well bring another cataclysm down on us, this isn't the way for society to exist. We should work to better each other, not to gain power over one another. 
That's why Lodestar stands against the Ironhawks. That's why Lodestar stands against Idabren. And that's why I turned away from my family, and maybe why they turned away from me. Lucius nods and says, I I think I understand. I've seen so much in the time since I came here, but I'm worried, Aunt Aurelia. I'm worried that when given the choice, those in power will always choose to gain more power. Aurelia says, that is the great human trial that we all have to seek to overcome. But we'll stop the Ironhawks. We'll stop Idabren, and they won't be able to make that choice. And Lucius shakes his head and says, No, I, I think you misunderstand me, Aunt Aurelia. It's not the Ironhawks I fear. It's not the Idabren. It's Lodestar. It's people who think they're doing the right thing, making the wrong choice, and dooming us all. Aurelia says, What do you mean by that? And Lucius explains what he learned from Oracle. Aunt Aurelia... The thing that our people fled from our old homes, the things that caused the exodus, it's the same force that wiped out the ascendancy thousands of years ago. And if we're not careful, if we expand too far, if we develop too much, we can bring them down on us again. That's what the Ironhawks are going to do when they find the artifact. It's a planet builder, but it can be repurposed into a shipyard. And I think, at least I fear, that Clan Leader Aerith may be convinced by some of her advisors, including Commander Caspian, that Lodestar can use the artifact without doing the same things that the Ironhawks would do. But it's not going to matter. They're going to make the same mistake. They're going to push for more. They're going to try for more. And it could have very dire ramifications for all of us. Aurelia is absorbing this information. And Lucius is about to say something else to her. When all of a sudden, a series of alarms begin going off. And the ship shakes as explosions rack the outside of the Lodestar flagship Emancipation. And Lucius looks around and is like, what? What is that? And Aurelia says, it sounded like explosions. And then a voice comes over the comm and says, alert, alert. Ironhawk fleet inbound. Alert. Alert. And a flurry of activity begins happening outside. Lucius turns to Aurelia and says, Oh no, they found us. We have to get out of here. And Aurelia's already pushing herself up and she says, I've got to go to the bridge. Nashana will need me. Come with me, Lucius. Come with me to the bridge. And he is going to help Aurelia head to the bridge. They reach the bridge of the Emancipation and can see Nishana and the others studying a display of the system. And there are several battle groups of Ironhawk ships moving in in their direction. 
and Nishana is studying them very carefully while there is a flurry of activity on the bridge. As Aurelia and Lucius exit the bridge and uh, approach, Nishana looks up and smiles slightly, although there is concern in her face. And she says, It would seem they've found us. Our ships are not yet ready to jump. We will have to fight. And uh, Aurelia nods and says, What can we do? Nishana says, Commander Caspian is scrambling our fighter escorts. They will help the smaller ships get away and create a defensive screen, while the Emancipation and our other battleships enter the fray against the larger Ironhawk ships, but it will be very dangerous, I'm afraid. We will need every pilot available. And Aurelia says, All right, I will go. And Nishana has this pained look on her face, and she says, I'm afraid that's not possible. You've not yet recovered from your injuries, and to send you out there would be certain death for you. I will not let that happen. I am sorry, Aurelia, but you are not cleared to fly. Aurelia is about to protest when Lucius says, I agree. Aunt Aurelia, you are, are still injured and still recovering. I will go. I'll fly a ship. I'm a good pilot. And Aurelia turns to Lucius and is about to say something when he looks at her and says, It's for the cause, Aunt Aurelia. We all have to do our part, right? And she bites back the words that she was about to say and turns to Nishana. There's Lucius can see that there is a pleading in her eye. But Nishana looks at Lucius and says, Are you indeed willing to engage with the Iron Hawks on our behalf? And Lucius says, Look, I know we had some heated words the other day, but I still believe that we have the best chance to stop the Iron Hawks if we work together. I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to stop fighting just because we had a disagreement. I hope you won't either. Now, I've flown against the Iron Hawks before. I can do it again. And Nashana nods. And then she gives Aurelia a look and then says, Mr. Tarquin, you will find a ship down in the cargo hold. I had some crew follow you to Rampart and discovered after Aurelia left. But before the Ironhawks destroyed her facility, they were able to recover her Galchris fighter. If you'd like to use it as, as long as she is all right with it, it is all yours. And Lucius looks to Aurelia, who nods, and says, Lucius, if you're going to do this, you might as well fly the best fighter that the Tarquins have ever designed. And for a moment, even though the gravity of the situation is, is quite heavy, Lucius smiles. I've always wanted to fly a Galchris. All right, I'll take it. And he is going to turn and uh, rush down to the docking bay. I think he runs into Adelie, who's down there, 
she's like looking around for him and as he emerges from one of the lifts she runs over to him and she says lucius what are we doing are we getting out of here are we leaving and lucius continues on past her and says adelie follow me and is going to do a little walk and talk as they head toward this hangar bay where the galchris fighter is located lucius says adelie i'm going out to help the fighters screen the battlefield but i know that you have a great ability both with your connection to your paragon abilities and the knowledge that query and warden have granted you maybe you can help by going to the bridge and assisting clan leader Aerith in the defense adelie is going to say lucius i should come with you and Lucius shakes his head and says, I'm sorry, the Galchris is a is a single-person fighter. It isn't going to fit both of us. I can't even take Brutus with me. Not that he'd be able to do anything, but please, this is what we've got to do. If you go and help them, maybe you can keep an eye out for me. And they have this moment where they both stop and look at each other, and then they embrace, and... They hold each other tight for a few seconds and then break apart. And Adelie says, Lucius, please be careful. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. And he smiles and says, I've always wanted to fly a Galchris. This is going to be amazing. And is going to turn and run. The Galchris fighter is the premier fighter that the Tarquin clan has designed and it was actually designed to combat the Ironhawks because of their superior weapon force. It has high maneuverability, it's fast, it's an incredible, incredible vehicle. And so he is going to climb aboard the Galchris fighter Gladius. Lucius is going to power it up and is going to queue up into the launch tube as other Lodestar fighters are launching out into space. And he is going to engage the drive, and they're going to fly out into space. Immediately, Lucius sees ahead this swarm of Ironhawk fighters coming in hot. And he is going to enter the fray with the Galchris snub fighter Gladius. Now, I've spent experience for the snub fighter support vehicle asset, and uh, as the first ability on that is when you enter the fray, you can roll plus integrity. So uh, my integrity is four. That's the base integrity of a snub fighter. So we are going to go ahead and enter the fray with plus four and uh, because the iron hawks are a pretty formidable foe this is going to be a formidable combat so the combat objective is going to be cover the lodestar fleet retreat we're going to go ahead and enter the fray at plus four got a 9 on the action die, I've got a 5 and a 10 on the challenge dice for a weak hit. 
So I got a hit, which is gonna give me plus two momentum because of my snub fighter assets. So that'll take me up to four momentum. But because I got a weak hit, I have to choose to either be in control or take plus two momentum. I think it makes sense that coming out of the ship into the fray here, I'm going to not be in control. It's going to be in a bad spot to start off. So I'm going to take an additional plus two momentum, which is going to take me up to six out of ten momentum. And Lucius launches the Gladius out into space and immediately is swarmed by a couple of fighters. And he is going to uh, begin firing and dodging and is going to attempt to maneuver around so that he is in a better position to fight these Ironhawks. They're maneuvering in and around the Emancipation and the other battleships as they are creating a defensive screen for the more civilian-oriented Lodestar ships. Lucius is going to take the Gladius up and around over the Emancipation and is going to attempt to use another wing of Lodestar fighters as a screen to get away from these Ironhawks that are tailing him. And so he is going to roll plus edge and we are, as an ace, able to take plus one on this. And so we're going to be at plus three on this roll to react under fire. Got an 8 on the action die, a 9 and a 1 on a challenge dice for a weak hit. So succeed, but face a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move, minus 1, stay in a bad spot. So I gain a momentum because I got a hit, but because it was a weak hit, I have to lose something, and I'm just going to lose that momentum, uh, which is basically he starts to get ahead and then is not actually able to pull out of their line of fire. And so he has to waste a little bit of time trying to get into a better firing position. And he is going to turn and is going to clash against them and is going to fire at a distance. They're rolling plus edge. So this is plus two on this. Five on the action die, a one and a two on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So we can mark progress twice. So to mark progress on this, it's a formidable combat. So he's going to mark two boxes of progress and he is now in control. So as he is now in control, he is able to take out a couple of the Iron Hawk fighters and he looks around this battlefield that is happening all around him and he can see that there are a number of Iron Hawk fighters that are trying to slip past the defensive screen and get to one of the civilian ships. And he is going to jet off after them and he is going to attempt to drive them off and he's going to gain ground as he does so. And this is going to be plus heart because he is charging boldly into action, coming to the aid of others. So plus two on this gain ground. It's a four on the action die, a four and a 10 on the challenge dice for a miss. I am going to burn my six momentum down to two to turn that into a weak hit. And a weak hit on gain ground allows me to stay in control and I'm going to mark one progress. So I'm now at three progress as he is able to drive those fighters back into the general melee 
and then he is going to immediately turn and fire on them with the rail cannons on the wings of the Galchris fighter. And we're going to do that. We're going to strike plus edge and... That is going to be a 4 on the action die, a 4 and a 7 on the challenge dice, 4 a miss. So the fight turns against you, you are in a bad spot, and you must pay the price. So let's go ahead and roll on the pay the price table. 80. You are harmed. Okay, so I think that represents the ship itself takes damage. So he is firing on the ships that he was chasing away from the battle, and he is himself fired upon and is going to lose an integrity and is going to attempt to withstand damage. So we're gonna do that plus integrity, which is now plus three. Oh dear, it's a miss. With a four on the action die, a five and a nine on the challenge dice, it's worse than you thought. Suffer an additional one integrity or lose momentum. Oh, my momentum's at two, so I'm gonna go ahead and lose an additional integrity. That takes it down to two as the Gladius takes another series of hits and he is in a bad spot. He is going to try and maneuver out of this by changing the plan. He is going to go ahead and fly directly into the fire of some of these ships as he is trying to basically shortcut the range on their weapons to get in closer to them so that they lose their advantage on him. So he's going to do this plus wits. And because, again, he's an ace, he gets to take plus one when he reacts under fire. This is a plus four. Eight on the action die, a six and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he succeeds but faces a troublesome cost. Make a suffer move and stay in a bad spot. I'm going to go ahead and lose a supply that is going to take me down to four out of five supply as I think he burns a little bit of extra fuel to get away from a number of these fighters that are closing in on him to get within their weapon range uh, so that they can't draw a bead on him. But in order to do so, he really has to tax the engines and he is still struggling with trying to get a decisive firing shot on them. So this time he is going to turn and now that he's up in close with them, he is going to attempt to clash. So he is in close quarters at this point. So we're gonna roll plus iron. And uh, so this is not great for him, but here we go. Three on the action die. We've got a two and a four on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we mark progress, but dealt a counter blow or setback, and we have to pay the price. So we're at four out of 10 progress, and we are going to go ahead and roll on pay the price. It is 28, which is your action causes collateral damage or has an unintended effect. Okay, so I think he gets in close with these other fighters. They're dogfighting, they're twisting and turning. And in the course of this, he gets distracted and it opens up a hole where some of the fighters get away and start heading off towards that civilian ship again. Lucia, seeing that, is going to try and maneuver to get ahead of them and try to get into a position to keep them from getting a clean shot on that civilian ship. So he is going to react under fire 
He's going to do so with Edge as he's trying to get back into position to cover this civilian ship. And so we're going to roll plus Edge, plus one for being an ace. So plus three. Seven on the action die. We've got a three and an eight on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he gets to add a momentum because it was a hit. However, he continues to make suffer moves. So I think in this case, he's going to lose a spirit as he engages in this very serious dogfight with these guys, trying to maintain pursuit on them and keep them away from the enemy. And he is now going to stand his ground as he was able to successfully maneuver in between the civilian ship and these Iron Hawks. But he is going to stand his ground now, continue to react under fire, and he is going to roll plus heart. It's going to be plus two. Seven on the action die, two eights on the challenge dice for a miss with a complication. The situation worsens, you stay in a bad spot, and you must pay the price. Let's go ahead and roll on pay the price. 77. You are harmed. Not only is it bad because you're harmed, but it's a match, which means an extreme result or twist has occurred. Lucius has brought his ship up between the civilian ship and the Ironhawk ships, and he is going to take damage. This is the you're harmed part, and so his integrity is going to go down to one. And in the course of being shot, his ship is going to skitter off the surface of the civilian ship. Now, the Galchris fighter is an incredibly well-made ship and was maintained by perhaps the finest shipbuilder that the Tarquin clan has known in Aurelia Tarquin. So his ship holds together, but the civilian ship taking fire and then this impact from this fighter begins to list and suddenly escape pods begin jettisoning out of it. And Lucius is able to drag the Gladius away from the civilian ship. He's bleeding from a couple spots himself as the ship has taken a number of hits. And he watches in horror as this civilian transport explodes in a fiery conflagration right before his eyes, and he raises his hands to shield his eyes as light fills his view screen. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. Tell anyone you can. Shout it from the rooftops, even. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, ErrantAdventuresPod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Music